Hey everybody, welcome to another unfortunately sad episode. And it's not sad necessarily because anything has happened to me as of yet. I mean, still gonna be homeless, though I did, uh, you know, I guess I can start with that. We can start with something happy, um, something good before I get into this, um, unfortunate topic, which was, uh, sprung by the, uh, terrible, terrible shooting in Evalde. Which uh, hits pretty close to home, but um, the happy thing is, is I met somebody, met a friend uh, on a date, and um, the date went pretty well, and then ended up going a lot better than I thought when they found out I had uh, issue financial issues because of being unemployed and I'm losing my house and uh, I'm gonna be homeless, and they were like, well. I have money, and I was like, no, 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 you're living like a studio, and everything's like, well, just because I live like this doesn't mean I don't have money, I like being able to, I, I don't live beyond my means, I like to have a lot of stuff, so, and I don't need a lot of stuff, so I just live here, and I'm like, okay, and it turns out they have quite a lot of money, and God bless them, they paid for the next month's rent, so I don't have to worry about that, I wanted to give more, but I couldn't, um, I couldn't, I couldn't ask at that moment. But that is the very, very, very happy thing that happened. And uh, I'm, I'm very blessed, and I hope God blesses them <sighs> so much. I, just, I cannot believe that happened. But you never know what's going to happen, especially when you trust in the Lord. All right, I guess that's why you trust in the Lord, at least in my belief. Not saying everybody has to, that's just my belief. Um, so that is the happy thing. Um, I got that pay for the next month, so I don't have to worry about my family stepping in. Still losing the house, um, so that sucks. Mom and my stepfather, Ron, are getting an RV because they wanted an RV, and they're going to put me in it so I have somewhere to live while I'm looking for a job. So, yeah, and the job search uh, hasn't gone great, so. But I did put out the book. Or part of it. It's unfinished, but I've had enough of it together, and it ends at a good point. I figured I'd put that out just to see what was, uh, I don't know, maybe get some feedback, see stuff going on, um, and give me a little bit more of a push to finish the rest of it. So, I mean, that's pretty awesome. At least I think it is. I think it's really awesome. And you can get it on Kindle ebook, you can get it paperback, you can get it hardcover. I'm still waiting for my hardcover proof to come in. Um, and uh, I don't know why it hasn't shown up. You also read on like Kindle Vela, which is weird. Uh, I don't, by weird, I mean, I don't actually know how to like read that. I mean, I know how to read it. I just don't know how to like, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's difficult. Oh, I'm back. Sorry. There was probably a rough cut there. I had a phone call. Anyway, um, I don't even know what I was talking about. Probably something about the living in an RV or whatever, unless some miracle happens, either this starts making crazy money or the stream does or whatever. So I did have some good luck on the stream, so that's great. Um, it's just going to suck to have to give up on all the things that I've built, all the dreams that I have, because um, I don't have a job. And things are crazy right now, so in terms of prices. But that's not what I'm going to talk about today. Fortunately, I'm going to talk about something... A little, uh, a little, uh, well, not a little, a whole lot, a whole lot worse. So there was a terrible shooting in Evalde, 
Valde, Texas, and I actually got family from there. It's where my one of my grandmothers is from. And um, I that it hits really close to home. All these shootings do. It's not. It's not something you're ever prepared to deal with. It's never fun to think about. The fact that somebody would decide to go kill a bunch of children is something I just will never be able to understand. Um, and yet there are people out there that say it, we shouldn't talk about mental illness um, because it could stigmatize them. And I'm sorry, there's something wrong with you. Whether you want to admit it or not, there's something wrong with you if you want to go kill a bunch of kids. There's something wrong with you if you want to kill people in general. And I don't mean thinking about it. I mean going out and doing it, and you have like a need to do it. There's something wrong with you. You want to kill children who have never hurt anyone? <laughs> do you not see how that doesn't make any sense? Now, there is a stigma. I will agree that there's a stigma in anything. You give the enemy any kind of ammo, and they're going to use it against you. But I'm someone who is mentally ill. I have mental disorders. I mean, hell, I, I go by the name Autistic Cowboy, so there's one of them. Just because you have one does not mean that you're going to do anything bad. doesn't mean you can't learn. doesn't mean you can't be a good person. Also, not all disorders and illnesses are something you're born with. They can be made. Um... But you still have those choices. You still have that ability to do. And these people can be healed. They can be. We just may not know how to do it at the moment. Um, but I understand the fear of talking about it because this country, this world, but especially this country, uh, demonizes its mentally ill while simultaneously doing nothing to help them and letting horrible things happen. Um and I'm, this is going to come up here in a second, or hell, it could come up now. This country has the, especially in government and law, has the uh, uncanny ability to use real things that happen, real terrible things that happen, and then make laws about those things that only affect the people that would never hurt anybody. Um, not all laws are like that. Not all laws are enforced that way, but you have to understand when we when we talk about mental illness, you say this is caused by mental illness. Those are the going to be the people who are hurt, not the actual people who are mentally ill and going to kill people. No, it's going to be everyone else. It's going to be used to demonize those people, and that is right. But that doesn't mean we don't need to have a conversation. And actually, do something in this country. And oddly enough, this goes to the gun thing. I'm on the left. I'm a leftist. This doesn't mean I'm a liberal, liberal or a Democrat. It means I'm on the left. I'm way past that. We don't have a leftist party in this country. I'm a leftist because of Christ. You cannot read those teachings and think literally anything other. Though people will try. And that means I believe in firearms. I believe in gun rights. I believe in the Second Amendment. And that confuses some people because of what they think about the left or what they think or what they've been told, that we hate guns. And that's just not true. Most revolutions are not peaceful. How do you think all these revolutions that these that leftist or so-called leftist people have had happened? You think they just threw, ro threw rocks? They fought armies, they fought militaries, and they won. They, this happened. 
Now, you shouldn't have to kill anyone or hurt anybody to get change done, but that's how that happened, and the left understands that. The left also believes in protection, Um, and they understand that a government, especially a capitalist government, especially a conservative government, a right-wing government, will use its power to hurt people, and the only way to stop that from happening is to keep them in check. But do you know what stops us from being able to keep them in check? When you take the ability of us... To protect ourselves while simultaneously arming the police. The police, by the way, who were too scared to go in that building and save those children. Does this mean that I think everyone needs firearms? Does this mean that teachers should have guns or anything? No, 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 no. But what this means is taking away the guns is not what does anything. Do you think that that man... Would still have gone and tried to kill those kids if he wasn't able to get a gun. Which, by the way, because he, he planned this. This was planning. And when someone goes into that much detail and spends that much time planning something for that long to do this, they find a way. And this doesn't mean the law won't stop them. It means that if they can't get a gun easily, one, they can build one. Could have built one a hell of a lot deadlier than that for really cheap. And nobody would have known about it. It's called a Luddy or a Ludy. L-U-T-T-Y. Can build it out of pipe, and it becomes a fully automatic submachine gun. Nine millimeter is usually what it runs in, but you can, since you're building it, you can make it out of anything, into anything, and anyone can build it. It's not hard. It's really not hard. How do you stop them from building a bomb? Did you know that the Columbine kids had two propane bombs in that cafeteria? They failed to go off. Thank God. Because if they had, we haven't had a mass shooting yet that would have killed that many people. Those were some serious bombs. People would have been killed by the bomb itself, the injuries, being trampled as people run out. It would have been a shit show. But thankfully, those didn't go off. But other bombs have gone off. Did we forget that Oklahoma City happened? Did that man run into that federal building and shoot up the place? No. He built a bomb out of fertilizer and diesel that anybody can buy, that anybody can make, and he blew up that entire fucking building, killed everybody inside. Do we forget the Boston bombing? They use goddamn pressure cookers that anybody can buy. Hell, the terrorists didn't even use guns. They used planes. And for anyone, I heard an argument was like, well, yeah, and when that happened, they cracked down on security and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and uh, everybody hates it, And they also found out that that security does nothing. It's security theater. The TSA is useless. The only reason there hasn't been a lot of shit that's happened is because they're not trying to do that anymore. And also because we went to fucking war. It was, you know, they were a little preoccupied. You turn a car into a bomb. You can use it itself. You can use the damn vehicle itself and yeah we talk about the license and registrations or anything but anybody can just break into one of those things and steal it and use it as a weapon the reason this pisses me off isn't because I'm some gun nut because I hate gun nuts gun nuts are the reason this shit is happening 
I do not side with any Republican because they're not doing it for the actual reasons you think they are, that they say they are. It has nothing to do with civil liberties. Because if it did, they wouldn't consistently vote against civil liberties. They wouldn't. They would not consistently vote against them if they actually cared. They do it because they get paid. But the liberals, the Democrats, they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. But they're scared. But I'll say this. I do not hold a damn thing against any of these people who've lost kids. If they're saying they want all guns to disappear, yeah, of course they do. Because they would do anything to make sure that nobody goes through what they went through, and they would do anything to get their kid back. You think I'm going to fault them for that or call them stupid or liars? or No, hell no. They're mourning, and they're always going to be mourning because you don't get over something like that. Who, who, who I, but who I can hold accountable are the politicians who are using that fear and that pain to run with it and get their own thing going. These laws do not work the way that they have been made. There have been a few gun laws, and they don't work, except when they're used to hurt a certain group of people, like the strictest gun law in the United States history, which was put into place by Governor Reagan at California long before he became president, which was to ban people um, walking around with firearms openly, open carry of firearms. It did that, and it did that because he was scared of black people, because they had a rally they had a rally at the Capitol, and everybody was armed. It was the Black Panthers, and he thought they were coming after him, so he had to ban that shit to make sure that they couldn't hurt him. But the reason the Black Panthers were armed had nothing to do with Reagan. They weren't protesting against Reagan. They weren't threatening him. They were just having a gathering. The reason they armed themselves was because of police brutality, murder, and rape. And they started actual police forces of their own to monitor the police. And wouldn't you know it that when they did that, crime went down... Rape went down, murders went down, and they actually were able to stop a serial killer or a serial murderer who was in the police and taking advantage of women. Go figure that. Because the police were suddenly scared and couldn't and refused to take advantage of people and use their power because they were afraid they were going to get killed themselves because the Black Panthers were following them. They didn't threaten them. They didn't talk to them. They walked around. Most of them were just using shotguns. But that little fear that they would get shot if they fucked around, if they did something outside their job, because they knew the Black Panthers didn't mess around. That was enough to get them to stop and actually do their job. And they made laws against them. And then the FBI, and that's and this is not a conspiracy theory, there was actually just a movie about it. It's all been admitted. It's all been declassified. Went out and assassinated them. Assassinated their leaders to make sure that that party, that group fell apart because they were so powerful and so fearful. But what does this mean for the people who are victims? What does it mean for future victims? How do we stop that? Sure as hell ain't by passing any law. And I'll tell you, because we don't have a magic wand that can make everything go away. We don't. Speaking of which, people, when you talk about protecting from the government, people are all, there's always some asshole. It's like, you think you can fight the largest military in the world and the best, blah, 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 blah. First of all, that's not who they're going to be using. Because you don't understand how an insurgency works. No, you just don't. They're not going to use drones and bomb their own land. They'll bomb, they'll bomb certain parts. The police bomb certain parts, but they're not going to do that. Because most likely that fight's going to be taken to where the people of power live. They're not going to bomb around them because they'll die. 
Also, it's really bad for morale, and when that goes up, the, or the morale goes down, you get more people joining the side, joining the side of the terrorists. And that's who that's going to be. They're going to be using terror as a weapon. But they're not going to be using the military. They're going to be using the police, just like they do now. Why use the military when the police force is already there? They already use them that way. And yes, we absolutely can fight against them. But two, um, yeah, I do think we could beat them. You know how? Or do you know why I think that? Because the United States military is woefully underquipped to handle an insurgency. Um, and where do I base that off of? I don't know. Let's use recent history. Didn't the Taliban just kick our ass? We were over there in Afghanistan for almost two decades. And we lost. We ran them, or they ran us, out of town. The Taliban is now back in control of Afghanistan, which they controlled before we showed up. And now they control it after we left. The Taliban kicked our ass. Al-Qaeda is still around, but that's mostly shifted into ISIS. Now, we can definitely push in and allow other countries to, allow the countries themselves to form and become better, but we don't do that. No, we just get what we want and leave, get our resources. We don't care how many of our boys die, as long as we get our objective, the objective we don't talk about. That's how it works. But also, those insurgents kicked our ass. They didn't have tanks, unless they stole them. They didn't have air support. You realize the Taliban doesn't have air support or a navy? All the things that we have? And they kicked our ass. The Viet Cong kicked our ass. We lost Vietnam. Only reason we did anything, Korea, which was a stalemate, by the way, was because there was actually a definitive side to fight against. We're really good at those wars. We're not so good at anything else. Not so good at anything. Like, if we went to war with Russia, I guarantee you we're going to win. We beat the shit out of them because we know, where the, we know where the generals are, we know where everybody is, and it will be a war. It's like, we're really good at following rules of engagement. But the minute guerrilla warfare shows up, we suck, and we have historically sucked at it, including, in, including before we became a superpower. The Native Americans kicked our ass time and time again, and they didn't even have the same equipment that we had. But do you know how we did it? You know how we did it? It's pretty easy. Pretty evil. It wasn't by running and gunning, because on an actual fight, when, especially in the early days of the military, we were getting our asses kicked. Also, General Custer, look at that. We did it with disease. At first, it was not done on purpose. And then we started doing it on purpose with, like, I don't know, smallpox blankets. We did it by putting them in smaller and smaller and smaller reservations of land, which they agreed to because they thought it would stop the violence because they didn't want to fight. But then we put pen to men and were able just to take over. We're still abusing those people. Also, you ever wonder why buffalo aren't really around anymore? I mean, they're around, but usually protected. The United States should be filled with buffalo. Buffalo everywhere. Everywhere. It was the Native Americans' main food source. And we went in and killed nearly every buffalo in the United States of America just so they had nothing to eat. Just so they would starve. And it worked. That's what we did. 
That's how we did it. But in terms of fighting, in terms of warfare, we weren't doing too well. We were doing really well against peaceful tribes when we just ran in and just burnt places to the ground. They didn't fight back because they didn't have time. But if it wasn't for the disease or the food, damn, the United States probably isn't as big as it is today. That's just kind of a fact. We want to talk about the Civil War and the Confederacy? I thank God we beat the Confederacy. My family fought for the Union. And they moved back to Texas. Thank God. But the Confederacy lost for two reasons. One, they became the fucking Confederacy and made it really easy to just know who to fight against. They wore fucking uniforms and this and that. And they had their country and their borders. And I was like, well, we know where to bomb. We know where to fight. But that's not why we won. We were actually getting our ass kicked for a long time. We suffered more casualties than they did for a long, long time. That's why Lincoln and everybody else was afraid about what was going on. If we knew we were going to win, we never would have been afraid. But we were afraid. The war was tearing this country apart. And never wouldn't have turned, torn the country apart if we weren't getting killed. And we were. The reason we won was because of the incredible blockade we set up in the Gulf of Mexico. And around the East Coast. We let nothing in. They weren't getting supplies from us, and they didn't have the ability to build a lot of their supplies on their own. So they had to rely on their allies, which one of them was the British. We like to leave that part out. And uh, when you can't get any supplies in, you just run out of the supplies you have. And when you're fighting a war, you run out pretty fast. They ran out of medicine. They started running out of food. But more importantly, they ran out of ammo. Uh-oh. They ran out of ammo and gunpowder, and they weren't able to make enough that for these battles they were fighting. There were battles towards the end of that war that were over like that because the Union soldiers showed up with guns and bombs and cannons, and all the Confederates had were rocks. Now, I'm glad we beat the shit out of those bastards, but we did not win because of the mighty force of the Union. We won because we set up a successful blockade that just... We just limited... They weren't able to get any food or resources or supplies. Had nothing to do with might. Had everything to do with they couldn't get any supplies in, and once they run out, run out of the, once they can no longer have the ability to fight the war, well, of course they're going to surrender. They have no other choice. It's surrender or die. They don't have the ability to fight back. So of course they surrendered. That's just history. Now thank God they did. Them slave bastards. We didn't beat them because we were better. We were fighting for land, by the way. We beat them because they ran out of resources. Just ran out. So, yeah. But people want to talk about solutions. And one of them is, well, why don't we do what the UK did or Australia did? If you look at the murder rates by those countries, they did not go down. Now, homicides by gun did because they limited the guns. Of course they did. But actual homicide rate, violent homicide rate, stayed the same. So actually, for a few years, they went up. Now, on a worldwide level and an American level, violent crime has actually been trending downward, even in America. As these mass shootings have been going up, violent crime as a total has been going down. So even when you say, oh, but... The, murder, the murders did start going down, so their violent crime has something to do with the guns. It's going down here as well, even though our mass shootings are going up. But I do have an explanation for why the mass shootings are going up, and I'll get to that later. 
But also, those countries did not have the damn guns that we have. I don't think any country does. We're also not the only country that loves our guns. We don't talk about Germany that often, but Germany, ha- I believe it's the second most amount of weapons. And they're about to have the third largest army. Um, and people ask, why does Germany have all those weapons? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, it's because the Nazis. When they said never again, they meant it. Especially the Jewish folk that live there. They like their weapons. Because they know when Hitler too tries to show up, they're going to shoot that bastard. Switzerland also has a lot of weapons because they give weapons to everybody and train them. There's also the, you're supposed to go into the service, and I don't agree with that. I agree that you can offer everybody training and whatnot, but I don't necessarily agree with uh, forcing people into the service. I think Sweden does the same thing. Um, That being said, they do train everybody, and they train them from a young age, not just how to shoot, but how to use the gun, clean it, um, care for it, and know that it is a weapon. It is a killing machine. It's not something you get as a status symbol or to look cool. We should do that here. It's going to be weird because we're not used to it, but we should be teaching gun safety, gun everything, in schools. We can change our culture drastically by just doing that. Because if you look at it as a tool and not as a symbol or as manhood, something that wins arguments always and this and that, something you use to basically become a god, then you get rid of a lot of this. That's why they don't have those problems over in Switzerland. But people have military-grade actual fucking rifles that uh, are nothing like the AR-15. Which, uh, the AR-15 is not the most common weapon used in these shootings. Handguns are. Uh, specifically Glocks. They're the most popular one. But uh, Switzerland also does that like heavily regulated capitalism thing that we should do. Uh, but, you know. But besides changing the culture, and we should, what if we did enact those gun laws and the buybacks? and pick just, What if we just went in and start getting all the guns, right? Because if you got rid of AR-15s, you don't change anything. Um, actually have the statistic right here of, in terms of all homicides, all homicides, six, what, no, no, I'm sorry, 45.7% of all homicides are done with handguns, handguns, you don't want to know how many are done with rifles, 2.6%, 2.6%, with shotguns, 1.4%. Unknown firearms, 23.9%. That's pretty large. I don't exactly know how they don't know. Maybe it's just not marked. But there's a few different ones. It even could be homemade guns. Handguns are 45.7%. Fist, hands, feet make up 4.3%. Other weapons, bombs, hammers, other tools, fire, blunt objects, poisons, anything, 11.4%. Knives or cutting instruments, 10.6%. Yep. And you want a, another fun one? In Texas. In Texas. Now, you would think, what with Texas being uh, the gun state, right? Oh, we love our guns. And we do. That it's going to be higher. We're going to have higher of everything, right? 
Uh, no, we're actually a little bit under. A little bit under um, the national average. 41.2% of all homicides are done with handguns. Whereas it's, what is it, 45%? 45.7? I mean, it... What's this breakdown here? Is this all the killings together? Or is it just uh, firearms? Okay. So, in Texas, percentage of murder done with firearm. 77.2%. That's a lot. But it's mostly made up of handguns and then that unknown gun. You take away the AR-15, you don't really take away anything. Uh, but we're not number one. Tennessee is higher than us. South Carolina is 85.6% of all murders are done with handguns. Or, or, or not handguns, are done with firearm. A firearm of some type. Uh, Tennessee might be the highest. Missouri, 85%. Mississippi, 81%. Louisiana, 83%. Maryland, 83%. Illinois, 83%. Georgia, 82%. D.C., 81%. That's where the fucking president lives. Delaware, 80... Delaware? Delaware, 83%. I mean, yeah, but still, all handguns, mostly handguns. Actually, Ohio flips the script a little bit, where most of it's done with unknown firearms, but they're 73%. The place with the lowest, I mean, you're still going to get murdered, but you're not going to get murdered with a gun, which is something I've never understood. Why does it matter what you get murdered with if you're still going to die? How about we bring that down across the board? The lowest, it looks like... Rhode Island is at 40%. You're most likely going to be killed with... Was that a knife? That's 40%. Anything lower than 40? I didn't even think to write any of this down, so I'm just looking up. Hawaii, 28%. I don't think I'm going to beat 28%. Let me look through the other 50 states. South Dakota, 36%. So yeah, Hawaii. They don't kill each other with guns there. They just beat you to death. Um, This is all criminalattorneyofcolumbus.com, apparently. They got this breakdown. So yeah. You know. (laughs) You're still... You're still, uh, you're still getting killed in those places, just not with guns. Besides that, what I actually spent the time to do is talk about why we can't, why buybacks or even seizing all guns, all guns, no matter what they are, can't work. 329.5 million people in the United States of America. Let's just round up to 330. It's going to make this math a hell of a lot easier. The rough estimate for how many guns are in the United States floating around at any given time, and these are legal firearms, ones that we know about. This is not including 
black market arms, ghost guns, guns they've made themselves, so on and so forth, illegal firearms. And this is an estimate. It's anywhere from 420 to 660 million guns. That 660 number comes from, they believe there could be at least double the amount of firearms as there are people. So that's 660 million firearms. Let's say we were able to seize one gun a minute in the United States of America. One gun a minute. You want to know how long that would take? Let's go with the low end first. 420 million. Divide that by 60 to get your hours. If you did it one a minute, that would be 7 million hours. Divide that by 24 to get your days. That would be 291,666.66 days. You divide that by 365 to give you a year. That would be 799 years. Give or take. You do it by 660 million. Well, I get either uh, 11 million hours, 458,000 days, or 1,255.707 years. One gun a minute. It is actually not feasible. It is not logistically possible. One gun a minute is a lot of guns. We also don't know where the guns are. That's probably because that's probably we don't have a national registry. And I'm actually against the national registry. I'm totally for background checks. Actual real deal background checks. I'm not for a registry. And that has to do with... Guys, do you not realize we live in the United States of America when any law is made, especially gun laws? I talked about the Black Panthers thing. Who do you think is going to be that law is actually going to be used against? Probably minorities, people of color, people that the police actually want to hurt because the system was designed by white supremacists. And even if you're not a white supremacist, if you are the oppressor in that system, whether you want to be or not, you're going to be oppressing those people because you're following the system. That's how that works. It's going to be used to hurt black people who already can't call the police, and apparently we, no one else can either. And the police, as said by the Supreme Court, are not there to protect people. They're to protect property. They have no obligation to put their lives at risk to save or help you. Which, my question is, is what the fuck are the police for? Oh, that's right, to harass people. That's what they're for, to install fear. That's what the police for. Fuck the police. Literally, that is what the Supreme Court said they're for. Now, sheriffs are different because they're actually elected officials. And that can go really, really bad or really, really good. They are actually beholden to the people, but the police force is not. No police force is. Sheriffs can be. That should be the only form of law enforcement we have. Law enforcement voted in by the people who protects the people because they have to, because they were elected. If they don't, they'll lose their job. There is no vacation with pay in all this. If they do not do their job, they get voted out, or they actually get threatened at their house because we know where they live, because they're an actual elected official. And that's happened quite a lot. I know some fun stories of that happening here in Texas. Oh, no, another note, people saying that you, you can't, Using the guns we have, we couldn't fight the military. The United States is so overpowered. Uh, do y'all not remember the January 6th riots? Oh, I'm sorry, the insurrection? I do not believe what they did What they did that for. I think it was stupid and horrible because they were marching on the Capitol to do something that's not only illegal and horrible, but to try and reinstate a horrific man. There's a bunch of fascists dressing up 
overrunning the Capitol. And then they really didn't do anything once they were inside. But do you see how easy it was for them to get inside? They just rushed them and went through the doors. And no one did a damn thing. The police couldn't stop them. One guy was able to stop some of them and shot at people and they got scared because none, almost nobody had guns and nobody wanted to shoot back, but they ransacked the place, they destroyed a bunch of stuff, they stole stuff, and they were pretty much allowed to do it. Could you imagine if it was an actual well-organized militia of some sort that was armed and they ran in there? We'd be getting run by, some, by, by another form of government right now. How easy that was, because no, apparently no one's thought to try that before, except for the Canadians and uh, the War of 1812 when they rushed the White House and uh, burned it down. Um, so, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's something, I, I tell you what. But it's not logistically possible. To get all the guns. It would take nearly 800 to 1200 years. Also, why are you going to take away all the guns from the system but let the police who have been shown time and time again that they can't be trusted and also have no reason to be trusted, according to the Supreme Court, and themselves? Why do we want them to have the guns? I'll support gun bans if it, if it affects the police. Straight up. I'm going to be wary of, it, wary of it, but I'll be less worried if you say that if we can't carry the weapons, they can't. And they have to meet everybody mano a mano. Let's, then I guarantee you policing will change. But no, no one's suggesting that. No one is suggesting that. We should be addressing this by looking at the people who commit these acts. And stopping it there. Stopping it there. Now, how do you do that? Well, we can change the culture so less people have these ideas. But somebody pointed out, Bo the Fifth Column made a great, great discovery, made a great point. Or he was looking into the demographics of mass shooters. He's found that almost all male, up until recently, at least headline-wise, uh, the demographics of the shooters nearly match the demographics of the United States. We like to think that it's usually white people, but it's not. Um, those are just the ones that usually hit the news. But demographic-wise, it follows. It follows the demographics of the United States. Now, it's mostly white people because the United States is mostly made up of white people. Um, but usually white males. But not always because it follows the demographics and race and ethnicity nearly identical to the demos of the United States. 57% are single. 22% are divorced or separated. 35% have had an adult conviction of some kind. 62% displayed abusive behavior. Uh, abusive behavior, rhetoric, stuff like that, of some kind. 27% uh, had domestic violence charges or abuse charges, or not just charges, but have been known to do that in the past, some, for, some sort of domestic incident violence. 77% had a planning phase that lasted more than a week, some even years. 50-plus percent leaked their plan to friends or families uh, and told them about it in some form. 50-plus percent also killed someone close to them, whether it being a, a, a partner, a siblings, a parent, anyone during their spree. 62% had mental health concerns before the incident. 
uh, I believe only 27% or so were actually diagnosed with something, but there were concerns either from their parents, the school counselor, whatever, but not many actually got diagnosed. Got diagnosed. Uh, they had kits. They blended their grievances. But the big one, really big one, is they had a desire for omnipotent control, infamy, and notoriety. Almost all of them. Because of the shooters, we have been able to capture live and actually interview. That's the big one. Now, why is this the big one? Actually, all of that data is the big one, but this one right here is very interesting because we like to think these are crimes of passion or crimes of some sort of political, there's some kind of, some sort of political violence. And they may be motivated by that in a way, but that's not the whole story here. These guys are serial killers, and I've talked about this before. Serial killer, killers experience all of that. All of that data matches up to a, to a serial killer perfectly, especially that last one. Omnipotent control, inf infamy, notoriety. In 1989, at the height of the serial killers, the whole, you know, serial killing was the thing, apparently. There were 193 serial killers, according to Bo's information in 2019. In that last decade, it averaged about 40. So there was a 79.27% decrease in serial killers in the United States of America. Why? Good question, actually. Why? Did they just stop wanting to kill? No. I mean, violent crime has gone down, but even if you follow it by that metric, it shouldn't be no damn nearly 80% decrease. Is it just we're not finding them? No, bodies would be piling up. Missing people would be piling up. There'd be something, right? Well, turns out all of those percentages, all those demographics, everything match with serial killers. So then I went in to the FBI and did some digging to get some more numbers on this. And I got it listed by decade. Serial killers per decade, 1980s. Entire decade where it was 768. Now, these are ones that they knew of or convicted, killed people. Because uh, you can be convicted and then escape and shit like that. 1980, 768, or around 76.8 a year. And I'm not talking about the people that killed. I'm talking about the killers themselves. In the 90s, this went down to 669 a year uh, a de for the decade, or 66.9 a year. 2000s, 371, or 37.1 a year. In the 2010s, we went from 100. We went to 117, or 11.7 a year. Did the math on that, it's 84.76% decrease since the 80s. It's a hell of a decrease. Well, what about shooters, mass shooters? So there's the Violence Project, and they, going by their definition of a mass shooting, which is a little bit different because there isn't an actual set. Now, the FBI has one, but it also changes. Because mass shootings are different than mass murders, for some reason. And then, so... If you go by mass murder, um, I'm getting my thoughts together. So mass murder is four or more people killed at one time. Now, they have adapted this and said that, so shootings, they're going to follow that. So it's shootings that have killed four or more people. But technically, a mass shooting doesn't have to kill people. A mass shooting can be four or more people shot and or killed. Because when you shoot someone, you don't always kill them. So if you look at other statistics and metrics, you're going, you would find a lot more shootings. 
But you could go in, shoot up a Walmart, and not kill a single person, but you have shot several hundred. But no one died. That is still a mass shooting. But you could go in and kill three people, and that's not a mass shooting. As long as you didn't shoot anybody else. It's not a mass shooting. That's before or more. So they're going with the shoot. This data here at the Violence Project is using the mass murder and then seeing which one of those use guns. Which is why these numbers might seem a little bit low. In the 1980s, there were 23 mass shooters, and that is using the definition four or more killed, not including the shooter themselves. That's 2.3 a year. The 1990s, that goes up to 37 for the decade, or 3.7 a year. The 2000s, around the same, 37 or 3.7 a year. 2010s, 54 or 5.4 for uh, a year. It's a 57.4% increase from the 80s to the 10s. Or the teens, I guess it would be. 57.4% increase. So that's not following the exact same as the 84%. It's pretty startling to see as there's this increase of shooters and this decrease serial killers. It gives more credence to the fact that maybe serial killers just find a different way. And if you think, if you take the guns away from the serial killers, they're not going to kill people, well, uh, then you don't know much about serial killers or the planning phase or the fact that they have built incredibly elaborate torture chambers. We know of a bunch of them. We've seen them. We have them. They don't just kill people with knives. They get very elaborate with it. They do horrific things. But the reason they do it uh, they also all suffer from some early childhood trauma of some sort. The reason they all do it is for that desire for omnipotent control, infamy, and notoriety. Well, being a serial killer is difficult. Right? Think about it. You have to go person by person, do all this and everything. It takes time. And you might get caught. You might get caught before you've gotten serial killer status. Before you've gotten famous and to be really famous you got to kill a lot of people because every time there's a big one this number goes up you got to be famous you got to be famous or you got to be horrific or you could buy a gun punch your ammo and get that notoriety like that because the media loves these stories and they that's what they're all going on about they used to love serial killers but then they stopped and then it goes up and up and up and up it's either the body count or who you kill. And if you kill a bunch of kids, that's going to be headline news. You're going to be famous forever. Forever. It seems like they've just switched tactics. So if we started handling these guys like serial killers, maybe we'd see some actual fucking change because none of those bills, none of these laws, no about taking guns away or anything are going to do anything. People are still going to die and about the same number of people are going to die. If you look at those countries where they did ban guns, the murder rate didn't really change. So the same number of people were dying. It just they changed what they did. Arsons went up, bombings went up, stabbings went up. The same number of people died. Does it matter how they died? No. What you should do is try to fix both of the is try to fix the problem of all the fucking people dying. That seems like that would be, but you can't really do that when the police are also the ones doing the killings. In this data, what is left out are police shootings, which have been going rampant. And also police who were killers themselves. Because the CDC is not allowed to collect data on such issues. 
So it all has to be private or volunteer data. Because that's a law. But if you took that law off the books, we'd actually see some goddamn change. But what do I know? I'm actually of the mind that the reason the government... On both sides, because you've seen Democrats that are very, very, very... Um, they want those gun laws, they want this and all this, but then they end up voting against part of the reason why the conservative party keeps supporting guns is eventually they know it's going to come to a head and then they're going to stop supporting it once the money runs out. I mean, they do it because of the money. But the ones are, that are responsible for the insurgency, insurgency of the white supremacists that actually invaded every aspect of the government, and they did, they talked about it, and they actually did it. Now, it wasn't that hard considering most people in the government were white supremacists or racist in some way, but we're talking about high-level officials who were affiliated with the Ku Klux Klan. They did all that. It wasn't until recently that most of them weren't. You look at the southern states, just about every head of office was a Klan member at some point in time. A lot of those Klan members are still in politics and still around. They're just no longer affiliated, in quotes, with the Klan. Like, I don't know, David fucking Duke? We didn't stop them. Part of that might be, eventually they're going to turn around and support all these gun laws and make sure they're the strictest things ever. And when they do that, they're going to do it in a way that where they don't get blamed for it. But they're going to do it so they can actually seize power, because it's power play. That's what the government wants. They want that power play. Anything that they do is so they maintain their power. And after January 6th, they got really fucking scared. They want to maintain that power. Look at all these people that keep getting voted in, doing this, doing that, because they know they'll get voted in. It's not even about doing anything. Like, if Nancy Pelosi actually cared, she would do things to actually help the people. But that's risky. It doesn't always get you votes. And I'm not against Nancy Pelosi like all the people on the right wing are. I'm against her because she's pretty much a Democrat in name only and won't actually do anything. Or no, not name only. She's actually a Democrat. Because we don't have a left in this country. We don't have people in politics that actually care about people. If we did, things would be much better off. But we don't. And we could solve this issue, and and it would help. But in order to do that, we have to solve so many other fucking issues. But what they want is a catch-all. They want some bill they can put out there and do it so they can ignore it and say that they've done it, wash their hands clean so they've done all they can do. That's all these laws are. They don't actually help anybody. Because the shootings won't stop. There's too many fucking guns here. Killings won't stop because it looks like they're just serial killers. They tick all the damn boxes of a serial killer. It looks like serial killers have just gotten lazy. Or smarter. It is a mental health thing. It is. And the country knows it. They just don't want to do anything about it. Because that would mean completely restructuring our healthcare system. And actually giving a damn about the people. Which they don't. Mental health care should be free and available from when people are kids, and you would stop a lot of stuff. The part of the gun thing that's not talked about a whole lot in those violent, and those things are considered uh, 
homicides, murders, whatever, or that a lot of them are suicides. A ginormous amount of suicides. And the only time I ever hear that brought up is when people say that getting rid of all the guns would stop those suicides because there are studies that have shown when you've made it easier or uh, harder, sorry, harder for people to commit suicide, they don't if you take away the easier way. And that's partly true. Except Japan. Japan has no guns. Really, really, really hard, Japan. And I've also seen people try to say that Japan has a better policing than we do, and that's not true. Um, we're probably just as bad, but if the justice system, maybe the police are better, but the justice system sure as hell ain't. 99% conviction rate, and that's because you're always assumed guilty. Yeah, that's not better. But, they don't have any guns. They have very strict gun laws. And to a point, I guess it's work because there's not a lot of guns floating around the street. And violent crime isn't as high as you would think. So it kind of points that this has worked. The problem is, is Japan has a different culture than we do. I just do. I didn't say better or worse. I said it's a different culture, and it goes back a long time. It's a whole honor thing. A lot of times, if you have a grievance with somebody, you just show up. If you if you plan to fight, hurt, or kill somebody, you usually show up and just do it to that per Like, you, you know, you set it up and you fight. It would be dishonorable just to kill a bunch of people just because you were mad. There is a system. But if... Not having guns, not having that ease of killing of killing yourself, right? If that were completely true, then why does Japan have the highest suicide rate of the developed world? Their suicide rate is astronomical. And do you know how people do it? They hang themselves. To me, I think there's easier ways to kill yourself, even if there's no guns. I mean, like pills or shit? I, I don't know. It seems like there's some easier shit, but no. They hang themselves. There's a fucking forest there that's famous for it. So it has nothing to do with the ease of access. It has to do with the conditions around them that make them think that dying is better than living. And that also affects this. Because here you're getting people who are actually thinking they're not going to make it. They're not going in there assuming they're going to make it. They want that infamy and notoriety no matter what. They're kind of assuming they're going to die. If they did, if they wanted to get out alive, they all these kits that they have prepared would be set up like battle kits. You know, something that you, you go into, that you bring with you, you have set up to fight back, you know, you're fighting back, offense and defense, but that's not what it's set up for. They're set up strictly to kill. They're not expecting to get out of there alive because they don't care. They just want to kill as many people as possible. It's almost like they don't want to live either. Maybe we need to change culturally. Not maybe, we do. It, it had, we have to do a bunch of different things. But it's not easy. No one wants to do shit that's easy. And it would mean redefining this country. Restructuring so much about it. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to help for the better. Not, not just getting rid of, you know, serial killers, mass shooters, deaths and murders. 
but helping everyone as well. Just one thing, better health care and better mental health services, how does that hurt anybody? That's pretty much a plus for everyone. Rising tide raises all ships. But no, people want the easy answer, and I understand the people affected want the easy answer. They want some kind of answer, and I don't blame them. I'm never going to blame them. They lost kids. But the politicians, I absolutely can blame. The people that are supposed to know better, I absolutely can blame. But they don't care. If they did, they would be talking about it. And neither side cares. I haven't seen anyone there cares. Just like with this damn virus, just like with everything. No one gives a shit. They just want to keep their power and keep their money and keep chugging along. Meanwhile, prices skyrocket, wages don't, people are dying and losing their homes. If they cared, maybe there would be other changes as well. But no, they just want you to think that they're doing something good. That's what this all is about. Rallying their bases to get votes. That's all it's about. Because if they really wanted to do something, they would look at the damn math. They would look at the statistics. They would look at everything and say, oh, maybe we should do this, 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 and this. And actually, that would actually help. Instead of doing nothing, I don't know. Like I said, this wasn't going to be a fun one, but it does give you a lot to think about. It gives you a lot to think about. I don't necessarily know if it's good things. But it does give you a lot to think about. My voice is kind of hoarse at the moment. So, I think that's all I got for y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Um, sorry about, one, sorry for it always seeming to be sad shit. And sorry for um, not uh, not uploading as often as I should. It's been, I wouldn't say busy, but hectic dealing with all of this. And it's just hard to have energy to do anything. Um, very hard. So thank y'all for listening, and I will see y'all next time.